Welcome to today's broadcast of Sun, Salt, and Light. Sun, Salt, and Light, S-O-N, knowing and growing in your daily relationship with Jesus Christ, but also being the salt and the light in your marriage, in your family, at your place of work, at your church, and even in the community you're in. I'm Pastor Michael Petit. This is a radio ministry of our church, Calvary Chapel Divine, here in Divine, Texas. We are so glad that you joined us for today's broadcast. We are a Calvary Chapel, so we simply teach the Bible verse by verse, chapter by chapter. We believe that God uses His Word to transform, restore, and to change lives one verse at a time. If you're visiting our area, you'd like to get information about our church or church service times, maybe even track down some of the other teachings that we have available through podcasts, whether it's through Audible or Spotify or Apple Podcasts, you can do all of that at our church website at calvarydivine.org. That's calvarydivine.org. If you have your Bibles ready, today we'll be in the book of Ephesians, chapter 2, verse 10. The title of this study is, We Are His Workmanship. Here's the first half of this two-part study. So we are His Workmanship. Now, one thing that we do have to talk about is there's something that's happening in Ephesus at the time that Paul uh, is writing this. There are two distinct groups that are coming to faith. You have the legalistic Jews that believed in the law. They're coming to know Christ. And then you had the Gentiles, uh, the, the people of Ephesus that were practicing magic, that were, were doing, they had books of spells and things and we'll go over all of that so you have these two parallel uh, you know polarizing different people coming together uh for uh you know coming together for christ and and we're going to talk about that so the the big thing that you see there is when you see the word we we how many times have you read that and you thought i'm his workmanship well we are his workmanship but he's talking about we as a church. Remember, he's talking to the church of Ephesus. He's talking to us, the church. He's talking to the, the legalistic Jews and the Gentiles who are practicing magic and following false gods. And he's saying that for we are his workmanship. You're his work of art. A poem is the, what the word means. Pomia. And it actually means a master work. You're, you're being molded by the hand of God. And God already knows how the artwork is going to finish. But right now, you could look like a Picasso. Right? Things all over the place. And that's okay. Because God's doing work in us. And I have a video that I'm going to show that kind of really explains application of this verse really well. But we need to remember that. That, that even though you may not feel like a masterpiece inside, to God you are. You're his masterpiece. You're his workmanship. And we need to remember that. Because we can beat ourselves up way too much. You're, you're made in the image of God. You're a child of God if you've chosen to follow him. And so, though, you, you know, I, I can do the same thing. Things aren't working and I'm over there beating myself up. Like, man, what's wrong with it? Like, I should have, we could have, you know. And I do that. It's like, you should have known. I, like, how did you not do this? Come on, Mike. And I used to do that very early on. I'd be working on radio and Teresa would hear me. I'd mess something up and she would, and she would hear me. I was like, why are you so like dumb, Mike? And I would do that. 
because that's how I grew up, my father. And I, I took that in as I became a believer. And here I am doing God's work, and I'm beating myself up. And Teresa, the best part is when your wife comes and tells you, because that's when you really get upset. Because then you're like, oh, come on. You know, like now too? But it was like, it was a reality of, yeah, I am his workmanship. And God loves me. And this is something from your childhood that has to go. And that had to be chiseled out. It had to be removed. It had to be broken up. Because those bitter roots will stay there. And that's what he's, what he's talking about. It's like he's going to break all those things up that need to be broken up. Because you're going to be his perfect work of art. You're God's masterpiece. And again, he, he's talking to the, the, the family of God here. He's talking to the Gentiles. And, and they were becoming followers of Christ. And the Jews didn't want anything to do with the Gentiles. They hated them. They hated them. But let's look up, just go up a little bit further in Ephesians chapter 2, verse 19. And we'll be covering this next week as well. But Ephesians chapter 2, verse 19 gives us a little more uh, insight into what's happening here as we read uh, this. It says, Now therefore you are no longer strangers and foreigners, but fellow citizens with the saints and the members of the household of God. Right? And then he goes just a little bit further. Paul continues to build on the idea, and I love this. In verse 20, in chapter 2, it says, Having been built on the foundation of the apostles and the prophets, and Jesus Christ himself being the chief cornerstone. So understand, like, when we look at this, what is happening here is he's saying, We're built together. You're saints. You're his. You're his children. But it's built on the foundation of the apostles and the prophets, which means it's built on the word of God. That's what they focused on. Ephesians chapter 2, verses four, uh, 42, they focused on the word of God, prayer, fellowship, and breaking of bread. That's what they focused on. That foundationally was focused on the word of God. And if, if Jesus Christ himself being the chief cornerstone... We know that in John chapter 1, verse 14, that He is the Word. And the Word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we have seen His glory, glory as the, of the only Son from the Father, full of grace and truth. He's telling you that the Word of God is built, like that's what the church is built on. It's built on the Word of God. That's why it's so important for us, as we I've told you all many times, learning the whole counsel of God from the book of Genesis to the book of Revelation. Like you, if you have a church that doesn't teach that or you have a church, I actually, you know, I got home Easter service and, and man, there was a thousand Easter services that popped up on my Facebook. I don't know about y'all, right? But there was one that was right down the street from me called Cleft of the Rock. And the pastor quoted the Gospel of Thomas which is apostasy. He quoted it during service from the pulpit. And I was like, did I just hear it right? And he did it again. He did it again. And I was like, oh my Lord. This is what's happening to our, our pulpits. This is, what's, this is what's going on. People are being told what they want to hear. 
the the chief cornerstone is Jesus Christ and and we're we're being built together upon that chief cornerstone in 1 Peter chapter 2 verses 7 through 10 it says therefore to you, uh, to you who believe he is precious but to those who are disobedient the stone which the builders rejected has become a chief cornerstone and a stone of stumbling and a rock of offense and they, they stumbled being disobedient to the word which they were also appointed. But you are chosen, a generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, his own special people, that you, mo you may proclaim the praises of him who called you out of darkness into the marvelous light, who once were not uh, a people but are now the people of God, who had not obtained mercy but now have obtained mercy." Do you see what it says there? That they they were stumbled being disobedient to the word. They have the word of God, but they they keep stumbling over it because they don't want to follow it. And he's talking about the people that are that are supposed to be sharing it, that were appointed to share it. And this is happening throughout our nation right now. Let's go back to Ephesians chapter 2, verse 21. It says, In whom the whole building being fitted together grows into a holy temple in the Lord. So church is a place of worship. It's a place where we come to hear the Word of God. It's a place where we come to worship God. I don't know if anybody's told you this, but I need to let you know now, worship is not for you. If you don't like it, it's not for you. It's for God. It's, and that's a hard thing for people to wrap their heads around. We think when we come into service, everything's supposed to be catered to what we, what our likes and dislikes. As a pastor told me this past week, the other six days of the week, you can listen to whatever worship music you want, and you can put the playlist how you want it. But when you come in here, he goes, we have different styles of worship that they do. They have hymnals, they have some contemporary, they mix it up, and people don't like it. And he goes, and they tell me. They complain about it all the time. I get little cards. And he goes, but I have to remind them, like, I love you, but you're not here. We're not here to cater to you. Worship's to God. And the church is, is a place to worship. It's not a building. In verse 22 of Ephesians chapter 2, it says, In whom you also are being built together for a dwelling place of God in the Spirit. And I love that. A dwelling place of God and the Holy Spirit. You're being built together. We're to grow together. At the end of the day, we are to grow together. That's what he was trying to share here is because you have this polar opposite. There is prejudice from the Jews and the Gentiles. They hate each other. But what's the thing that's going to bring them together? Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ. They're followers of Christ. And God being... We are his workmanship. He's working us together and being built together for a dwelling place. It's for, for an understanding like we cannot have, and this is very important that you get this, we are not to be a white church. There's not to be a black church or a Hispanic church. There's supposed to be churches. And your church should look like H-E-B. And what do I mean by that? Or Walmart, if you're a Walmart guy or gal, right? Meaning that when you walk into the church, you see people that are young and old. You see young parents and grandparents. You see Hispanics. You see blacks. You see whites. 
you know, whatever. That's how your church is supposed to look. I grew up in the South. You have the white church down the street and the black church down the other street. And I never understood that. Because if we're to love our love each other as, as you know, to love your neighbor as yourself, how are we doing that? How are we doing that? And, and I can tell you, in Divine, Lytle, and Natalia, there's an issue. There's an issue. We don't look like any other church in this town. No, I'm just being honest with you. And I love it. And I hope it continues. I hope one day it'll be filled, this whole room, with young parents and grandparents and single parents, Hispanic parents. You know, I, I don't, you know, we have to realize to love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and love your neighbor as yourself. We have a lot of divide, even within the church. And see, when Paul is, is saying, he's like, we are his workmanship. He's drawing you together. We're all his masterpiece. So not only is he working on you individually, he's working on you as a church. As a church. And unfortunately, what we see is we, we, we have a, um, a sin problem, even within the church. Even within the church. Philippians chapter 2, verses 1 and 2 says, Therefore, if there is any consolation in Christ, if any comfort of love, if any fellowship of the Spirit, if any, any affection and mercy, <clears throat> fulfill my joy by being like-minded, having the same love, being of one accord and one mind. We are to be like-minded. Like-minded in who? Jesus Christ. We are to have the same love and be under the same accord. We are the image of God and we are to be in unity. And that's my prayer, you know, at, at Calvary Chapel Divine is that we are being built together, that we would be a dwelling place of God in the Spirit. And that anybody who's a sinner can walk through those doors and feel loved and be welcomed. Because it's the same, same Savior that saved you. And, it, and it's by the grace of God. 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 10 says, Now I plead with you, brethren, by the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, that you all speak the same thing, and that there be no division among you, but that you be perfectly joined together in the same mind and in the same judgment. That's, that's again, you know, it's that constant breaking and reshaping. And what God is trying to do is he's trying to draw us together, but he's also trying to work on you individually. So when somebody comes here to the church and they're a brand new believer, don't expect them to, to have it all figured out. That's where a lot of mature Christians push people away. Because you think there's well, you gave your life to Christ yesterday. Everything should be good today. It's not. That's what discipleship is for. And we have to remember that. We are to have the, the same mind. And, 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 and again, you know, even when it comes to understanding that the church is not even a building. When we come to worship, we come to worship who? God. We can be in a quirky little BFW and still worship Jesus Christ. You can be in the parking lot and worship Jesus Christ. You can be in your home and have a home church and still be worshiping Jesus Christ. It's not the building. It's not. It's the body of Christ. It's the body of Christ. We come together to worship. We forget that. There's always that one 
you know, video I've seen where they, I don't know if it was in the Philippines or where they're at, but they're sitting in church and they're up to water up to their knees, but they're in church worshiping God. And somehow, I don't know how they did it, but the keyboard player has this cord hanging up from top so he don't get electrocuted, <laughs> but he's still playing worship. And we complain about buildings. We're, we're spoiled. Our second point is works versus good works. So we're created for good works. In Ephesians chapter 2, verse 10, it says, Created in Christ Jesus for good works. Right? So you've got to remember, who do you belong to? Jesus Christ. That word created means he's creating something that's never existed before. Okay? Like, like Jesus says, you're a new creation in Christ. And, and he's creating something new. You shouldn't look like the old you. If there is, maybe you've, you know, jump back into verses 2 and 3 for a little bit. Maybe you dipped your foot in the pond or something. But understanding, like when we read this, is that, we're, that he's reminding the church of Ephesus that, hey, you're created in Christ Jesus. You're a new creation. They had the temple of Artemis and they were practicing magic. They were actually believed that they could call on spirits to do the bidding that they needed to do. They had books to do it. And they're doing this on TikTok now. You want to learn how to cast spells? Don't do it. Because you're asking for something to come into your life that you don't want. But they're doing it on, on TikTok. They'll teach you how to become a witch, how to, how to cast spells. But I love it. At the end of the day, it's, it's a reminder that, look, you don't belong to that world anymore. And Paul, that's why he went over that in Ephesians chapter 2, verse 2. In which you once walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit who now walks in the sons of disobedience. And so Paul, you know, as he writes that, they were demonic. They were worshiping false gods. They were actually, they had books of demonic spells. And these are the Gentiles that are now becoming Christians. They're becoming followers of Christ. But I love what happens in Acts chapter 19. In Acts chapter 19, verses 17, it says, This became known both to all the Jews and the Greek dwelling in Ephesus. And fear fell on them all. And the name of the Lord Jesus was magnified. And many who had believed came confessing and telling their deeds. Also, many of those who had practiced magics brought their books together and burned them in the sight of all. And they counted up the value of them, and it totaled 50,000 pieces of silver. So the word of the Lord grew mightily and prevailed. When you actually become a new creation in Christ, the word of the Lord should grow. It should prevail. People should say, man, I don't know what happened to him or her. But something's different. It's God. It's God. But I love that the word grew and God prevailed. And, it, and, it, and it's understanding why did the word of God grow and prevail? They started throwing out all their junk. Okay? This is important. Because what happens with people is they'll, 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 they'll come to church. You know, it's funny because we had a, we had a pretty packed church last week. And then after Easter, I've done my Easter thing, right? And that happens. And, and, but what happens is we have this, our appetites for the things of God start to, we get filled up with the, the junk food of the world, so to say. 
Instead of seeking the, the bone and the marrow of God's word, you're wanting the Twinkies. And if anybody's ever told you Twinkies have no substance of value at all, they don't do anything for you besides give you diabetes if you eat a lot of them, right? But that's how we get with the things of this world. As we start filling our appetites with the junk food of this world and we start having distance in the word of God, we start having distance in our prayer time. We even have distance in our fellowship. And what happens is with that distance, it's easier for us to start drifting away from the Lord. And so what I love about this is they, they actually took in all the things that defined them as demonic. These books, these valuable pieces of silver, and they burned them. They burned them. To the point it killed the economy. And little, if you read a little bit further down in Acts chapter 19, you see one of the, the uh, businessmen wanting to take Paul and have them arrested because they were losing money. People weren't buying false gods anymore. And so the business owners started losing money. And that's what happens when the Word of God gets a hold of somebody and, and or a group of people. Their appetite for the things of God is what drives them. And it should be the same thing for us. So what junk food do you have in your life of this world that you need to get rid of? Are you spending too much time on the phone? Are you spending hours vegging out in front of the TV? Watching things that you know you're not supposed to be watching. That, are, that don't bring any spiritual growth in you at all. I've seen more Christians get so excited to see John Wick 4. And I'm like, Really? I'm like, really? Like, what are you feeding you? How many times can you see the guy kill somebody 15 different ways? It's like they got to come up with new ways. It's, it's, it is what it is. But the reality of it is, is if you keep feeding yourself that, what happens is the things of God start to get pushed back. And we, we fill up on the, the junk food of this world. Kids are filling up with the junk food of TikTok. That's all, they spend all their time on their phones. You can't even get their head. The reason why they have a hard time communicating is because they, they have lived their lives with a device. It's crazy because we, we see it in the high schools. The kids don't know how to talk to each other, to engage each other face-to-face. -face. Something that we did. You wanted to ask somebody out, you had to do that face-to-face, -face, bro. You want no text. You had to, like, you're going to get humiliated in front of everybody in, in school. That's just how it is. But you have, to, you have to step out in faith, man. It's like you have to be face to face. You need to be around other believers. You need to be around people that are going to build you up, not tear you down. That's the thing. We start hanging around with, with the, the old things of the world. And next thing you know, you're dipping your toe back into verses 2 and 3. You're becoming that child of wrath again or that son or daughter of disobedience. Because you're, you're going back to the old things. You're going back to the old you. In Ephesians chapter 2, verses 14 through 16, it says, For he himself is our peace, who, made, who has made both one and has broken down the middle wall of separation, having abolished his flesh, the enmity, uh, that is, the law of commandments contained in ordinance, so that as to create himself one new man from the two, thus making peace, and that he might reconcile them both to God in one body 
through the cross, therefore putting to, uh, putting to death enmity, the enmity. And so I love that. What he did is he broke down the wall and he's saying, look, all that old stuff, you're done. You're now a follower of Christ. And the two become one. You're one-minded, one love, one accord, right? And, and, he, and he tells us that you, you are reconciled. You're reconciled by what? Faith in Christ alone. Nothing that you did that, that you earned it. And he draws these two ethnic groups that would have been polar opposite together. That's what Jesus does. In 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verses 16 and 17, it says, Do you not know that you are the temple of God, and that the Spirit of God dwells in you? If anyone defiles the temple of God, God will destroy him, for the temple of God is holy, which the temple you are. All of us together are the temple. We're the church. We worship God. We are His workmanship, created in Christ Jesus. And, and the thing is, is to remember, like, we are created and prepared for good works, but to understand that when you step out to do God's work, you will be hated. When you step out and tell somebody, I am a Christian, there are going to be people that come against you. Well, that concludes today's broadcast of Sun, Salt, and Light Radio. We hope that you enjoyed it. If you'd like to submit a prayer request or get in contact with us to find out service times, you can do all of that at our website, uh, as well as get uh, our podcast at Spotify, Audible, TuneIn Radio. Pretty much wherever you can find a podcast, uh, you, you can just type in Sun, Salt, and Light, and you'll find it. 